Artist Proof with Adrian Johnson, episode number one, Anthony Piper. everybody. Uh, Welcome to the inaugural episode of Artist Proof with Adrian Johnson. And as the title would suggest, I'm your host, Adrian Johnson. Uh, Thank you so much for giving this episode a try, um, however and wherever that you found it online. um, Really means a lot. Um, So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Also have to give a huge thank you to my friend, Nathan Michael Dreggers um, for arranging and composing the theme uh, that you just heard. Um, It's called All the Times. And um, he is, um, he's just, he's just fantastic. Uh, He played that for me. Um, He actually sent it to me uh, just as a sample of what he was doing. And I was instantly, you know, um, hooked. And I knew that I had to you know, just get with him and see about getting that as my theme. Um, so definitely, if you like that, um, hit Nathan up online, uh, primarily through Facebook. Um, his name, again, is Nathan Michael Dreggers. Um, and you can just see what he has over there at A1 Productions. Man, thanks a lot, Nate. Uh, now, um, I, I do have to um, take a moment here and just say that normally, when it comes to doing creative things... Um, <laughs> Um, just myself personally, I usually don't like to do like, you know, artist statements or give like, you know, these extended, long-winded explanations about how I really feel, about what this really means, you know. Um, My personal aesthetic is really to just, you know, do it, create whatever it is and put it out there, you know. Um, Just do the best that I can with that. Um, But I do feel with this being the inaugural episode, um, it would be uh, behoove of me to go ahead and lay down some ground rules. Uh, Just this once, just this once. Um, I I guess primarily some of you listening may be familiar with me um, as a co-host on a podcast called Sidebar. Um, I, you know, co-host uh, that particular show uh, with my longtime friends and uh, brothers in arms, uh, Dwight Clark and Swain Hunt. And, you know, before you get any ideas, everything's still lovely over there. Uh, we're still putting down the art funky, you know, as we want to say, you know, on that show frequently. Um, so everything's great. Um, we're still making quality shows and all. Um but I, I do have to admit that over the last few months, I've really been, um, um, I've really been stricken uh, with the impetus to, you know, try something on my own in terms of a podcast, um, just to see about, you know, um, exploring the type of art, um, creativity. And the creators of those things, 
you know, that really um, inspire me and, you know, really are some of my uh, personal favorites. Um, so I thought about it, you know, I with, um, <laughs> you know, somewhat serious consternation and consideration, you know, um, I decided to go ahead and do a podcast on, you know, on that type of stuff and, you know, and just see where it goes, you know, um, now, you may be asking also, well, why artist proof? You know, what significance does that have, if any? Well, uh, a proof, if you don't know, it's a document that shows the progress of a creative project, um, be it a film, um, be it a piece of music. Um, but most often you will see it mentioned in terms of, you know, artwork. You know, it's something where you're putting it out there. And you're specifying that this is just a working proof. It's uh, just something to show um, what this particular thing may end up, you know, looking like. Maybe not, you know, but it's something of a template to go forward um, to uh, progress from. Um, so taking that tact in mind, um, that's what I wanted to do with the show here. Um, definitely it's a proof, you know. Um, do not expect the template to remain the same. All the time, you know, um, there may be one episode where it's an interview show, you know, um, the next episode may be an audio essay. Uh, the episode after that may be um, a video essay or a um, video podcast. You know, I just don't know. Um, but in that uncertainty, I love that you know, because it keeps it keeps me juiced up creatively. And I think the variety, you know, is kind of cool. You know, so hopefully you guys will appreciate that. And um, that's the only time that I'll mention this, you know, uh, since this is the inaugural episode. Um, so, you know, I won't bore you any longer with the modus operandi of the um, show here. Um, so let's get to our feature presentation. On this episode, I will be interviewing um, Anthony Piper, a Chi-Town native, um, creator, artist of... The Runaway Smash Hit Trill League. And uh, this is a comic um, that um, Anthony um, came up with seemingly just a year ago. Um, and it's just become such an internet sensation. Um, it's hilarious. It's well drawn. Uh, the punchlines never, never fail to make me laugh. And um, it just, it's just, it's just um, incredible. Um, so I definitely wanted to ask him on and I'm very grateful that he accepted for this, um, inaugural episode. And, um, I think the conversation is really good. You know, I really enjoyed it and I hope that you will too. So, uh, without any further ado, um, let's get to it. Uh, this is Anthony Piper on the inaugural episode of Artist Proof with Adrian Johnson. Thank you. Anthony, uh, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing much, man. It's an honor to be on the podcast, the inaugural artist proof. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely glad to have you, man. Glad to have you. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And um, but like I just mentioned, uh, just congratulations on getting that Kickstarter funded. It seemed like you just threw it up and then like a day and a half later, maybe not even that. Fully funded, yo. I mean, how gratifying was that? Man, that was 
that was insane, man. I, I, if you ask anyone who I'm close with, I was nervous as hell about mm-hmm. putting it up yeah. just because I didn't think, you know, people were going to donate to it. I thought it was going to, you know, come to like day 30 and I was going to have like maybe like $10 <laughs> from that one person. Like, yo, man, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> like, oh, I'm take, like, I'm going to take your $10 back, bro. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what I'm saying? Oftentimes you will see, um, you know, a lot of Kickstarters and crowdfunding um, donations kind of meet that fate, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's just that Trill League has just had such a groundswell, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just been momentum building upon itself to where it was like it was it was almost getting too big that it couldn't fail, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I think um, I think that was part of the issue that I was worried about because as I kept putting out more material, you know, I just kept getting more and more responses and more and more followers from it. So, yeah. you know, from the outside looking in, that's what I was kind of worried about the illusion because I was kind of like, okay, yo, this thing look, looks like it's becoming something. So I was like, okay, let's see, you know, if we can raise some money to actually get to working on the actual comic for it. So I was afraid if it, if it was going to fail, what that was going to look like. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man, maybe you don't have as many people who want to see Trill League. And there's a... A, a little evil group of people on Facebook who I won't acknowledge mm. right now, but you know what I'm saying? They, they were looking for Trill League to kind of not succeed, man. So what? yeah, yeah. That goes back to like when I, when it first kicked off. Damn. So that, that's, that's hateful shit. Yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, no, nah, they definitely have been silenced now, man. And I'm definitely appreciative of all the people who have come out to support it. Um, it's what I have in store for it is just gonna be epic, man. Oh man, if if it's anything, just like the quality that you put into like the regular strips, man, I, I can't even imagine what <laughs> what you got in your head, got in plan for you know coming up next. <laughs> oh yeah, man. The funny thing is, um, <clears throat> I really don't think that the quality of what I've been putting out now is going to come anywhere close to what I'm trying to put out. Like that's a lot of stuff that I've just, I've had to knock out in between projects and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I try my best, but as far as like the quality that I plan on putting into the comic, man, it's going to surpass that. Mm, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know me and plenty, plenty others, you know, <laughs> definitely can't wait for that, man. <laughs> and, yeah, um, man. And yeah, and this weekend, um, I saw that you had posted on Facebook that you're um, coming back home to uh, Chi-Town for C2E2. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I got to make a trip to Chicago. Uh, this will be my first big comic convention. Oh, I did wow. a few before, Yeah, but they were really like small local ones. So this will be my first big one, man. And um, pretty psyched. Yeah. Pretty psyched for it. Uh, I'll be, I'll have a few Trilly prints there. I'm mostly doing a lot of fan work, fan art work that I've done. So I'll be selling some of that there. And then I might also be doing like the Kickstarter after party, <laughs> try to raise a few more funds, man. Yeah, but, man. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, man, it's going to be good to visit the shot. Like when I first left Chicago, uh, we were just getting a blizzard had just hit us. Mm-hmm. So 
I haven't been to Chicago since, so luckily, you know, I won't be having to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I know I got a, uh, a few friends um, in Chicago, you know, that I speak to on a regular basis. And, uh, yeah, man, I, you know, it's, it's been it's been an ass kicker as far as, like, the weather up north, you know, recently. So, yeah, it's a good thing with that. Um, yeah, but but speaking of coming back to um, Chicago, man, um, that, that's a good segue into, like, kind of, you know, you growing up and, you know, what what were, like, your first um, inclinations towards, you know, art or comics or, you know, things that kind of piqued your imagination to start heading down that road? Um, I think just growing up, man, I had always been just a creative person, you know, like, all that stuff that like geeks get into yeah. <laughs> had always like sparked my interest, you know, cartoons, video games, uh, video games was a problem for me. <laughs> oh yeah. A, yeah. When I was a kid, man, that was a problem for me. Like I used to just stay in front of the Nintendo yeah. all day, every day. <laughs> luckily, luckily it's not as much of a problem now, but I think my parents were kind of worried about it. They was like, yo, it's, this this kid ever gonna get off this video game console but uh <laughs> but yeah man i had always been interested in just uh characters and stories mm-hmm. so anything with that you know just caught my attention man um comics really i got into comics a little bit later mm. uh i think the first comic book i had read was x-men and i i was it was during the the strife I forget the exact story, but uh Oh wow, like um Executioner's song? Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was the first comic that I got, man. Uh my grandmother had bought it for me because we were headed to Columbus, Georgia yeah. to go visit her mother. And I recall her buying it for me because I think I was annoying the hell out of her. So <laughs> she was like, Yo, I need to shut this kid the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> so she bought me a comic, man, and uh, you know, just seeing that was like, yo, this is crazy. You know, so I got I got introduced to the X-Men and of course at the time I couldn't really buy comics on my own so it was kind of an on and off thing until I got to like high school. Yeah. And that's when I really started collecting comic books. So but but yeah man I had always just been interested in stuff like that and you know wanting to draw like Ninja Turtles and mm-hmm. Batman and stuff like that so I think it just you know kind of fit oh okay yeah like were you the um the the kid in school like oh he can draw and can draw like you got asked to draw all types of stuff all the time yeah i pretty much was man yeah and it's funny because for the most part i had always been like that that kid Mm -hmm. until i got to fourth grade i think there was this one kid i was insanely jealous of because he used to draw better than me yeah so (laughs) And everybody used the kids used to go to both of us to draw, but I knew he was better than me. And I was like, man, I'm like, yo, I want to draw just like him. But I was a fan of his too, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of like, I had lost my number one spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so yeah, man. So, uh, but no, I was yeah, I was pretty much always that kid, man. My parents had my family always acknowledged it, you know. Um, they're friends of the family always acknowledged it man that's just who i was yeah that's good and and you know that's vital at a young age you know in terms of having that encouragement you know from your parents and from 
people who really want the best for you. You know what I mean? And not a lot of young kids have that. You know what I mean? Um, but in terms of comics and, you know, just art in general, like what were your, some of your influences once you really started um, getting your feet wet, you know, inside of, you know, the hobby and started looking around and seeing other influences? Oh, uh, I would say the one artist that initially sparked me to wanting to like really draw mm-hmm. uh, is definitely Joe Matt. Mm. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I really got into his artwork, man, um, because I was that was just when anime was starting to make its crossover to the states. Yeah. So you know we were getting introduced to a new art style, and you know he had that unique blend of you know, traditional comics with anime, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just like, you know, you looked at his style and it's like, whoa. And so I was collecting anything and everything Joe Mad was on. Yeah. You know, Deadpool. Um, I think he was on X-Force for like a couple of issues, all mm-hmm. on Uncanny X-Men, Battle Chasers, you know, yeah. it had became such a problem that I was trying to collect just any cover he had did. <laughs> You know, he didn't even have to do the interiors. I was just like, you know, yo, yeah, it was becoming a serious problem, man. But, um, but yeah, man, that's definitely the person who really sparked my interest as far as really wanting to get into the world of comics. Because um, I had initially wanted to work in video games. Mm-hmm. So it was like a little balancing act, man. But I found that working on video games, you really don't do the type of stuff you think you're going to do. You know, when you were a kid and yeah. You want to work on video games, you're thinking you're going to go out and create your own ideas, and that's not the case. That's, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and let me ask you this, because um, something I, you know, thought about with uh, Trill League was um, a lot of the analogs that you have, you know, in the cast, they're more from the DC side than, like, you know, Marvel characters. And I was wondering if, you know, you had any type of preference, you know, that in that regard, or is just something that just, you know, kind of clicked once you started doing it? Um, <clears throat> well, I've always been a fan of Marvel. Yeah. Always. Uh, I mean, I, I read a few DC titles, but for the most part, I would say it's like a 95-5 split, you know. Mm-hmm. So definitely Marvel for me all the way. But when I first created Trill League, um, it all started off, of course, with Robin. Yeah. Flipping him. Um, And a lot of people just had liked what I did with him. So then I just, you know, started flipping other DC characters. I think for me, how it works, it's easier for me to flip, to make DC characters funny just because of, the mythology of the characters mm-hmm. and how absurd, you know, <laughs> they kind of are. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, you think, you know, how powerful they are. I mean, my homeboy said they're gods when you think about it. You right. know, like these are really kind of like undefeatable characters. You know, they can pretty much do anything. Yeah. So I just think it's a little, it's a lot easier for me to like kind of, you know, make fun of them versus a Marvel character. Yeah, because Marvel characters have all, always had that cool in them you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i guess it's it i see exactly what you're saying there man definitely yeah yeah they don't have you know these absurd weaknesses <laughs> you know <and laughs> so 
Yeah, so I like to, you know, I'm just making fun of all that stuff, man. I definitely will be putting Marvel characters into the Trill League, but, you know, the initial cast is pretty much just, uh, you know, my version of DC characters. Yeah, definitely. And it totally works. Totally works. Um, well, in terms of, you know, creating Trill League, you know, once you kind of had your, your, your cast in place, um, kind of, I know it all started from, you know, um, Sparrow, uh, Trill Robin. Um, but how did you kind of um, coalesce the rest of the universe, so to speak, in terms of branching out and started um, doing other stories, you know, with these new characters that you created? Uh, I think it's just something that it was just it was natural, man. It just it just happened. Like once I saw how many shares and likes that trill robin piece got yeah <laughs> it just naturally just started sparking ideas because i was gonna leave it alone after that really yeah it was gonna be left alone because i was at the point when i had first created trill robin mm-hmm. um what i was doing initially was i was creating like urban versions of characters mm-hmm. it had all started off with i think a mystique like i have <laughs> i have flipped mystique and I had just like changed up her outfit. Like I didn't really change her character. I just kind of, you know, was like, okay, you know, yo, how's she looking? Some Tims, right. you know, what I'm saying eye patch, you know, got a hair up in a ponytail and stuff like that. So yeah. I was like, okay, so people liking this, and people were asking, like, oh man, you know, you should do, you know, an urban version of this character and that. So I was like, okay, and then I just decided to do the Robin. Mm-hmm. And so you know, the next day, I wake up. I'm like, oh shit! I'm like 160 shares, man. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, people must, people must like this, man. So I did another version of the character. That one got even more like. So I was like, all right. And I'm like, let me start uh putting some thoughts into other characters. And then the Soul Lantern one that oh, I think yeah. st- still has the most likes of them all. And I think <laughs> that was just when it solidified. It was like, okay, yo, people want to see this. So I'm like, and the ideas just kept coming, man. Yeah, and you know the thing that you know really amazes me, and you know with uh, Trill League is that none of the strips ever fails to this, you know, disappoint. They they never disappoint in terms of the setup, and then the punchline, and then it's almost like if you have a working knowledge of the analog of those characters, that makes it funny on one level. If you know about popular culture urban culture black culture it's funny on another level you know so it's almost like it works on so many fronts man you know it's um it's it's just just like complete man like do you ever have difficulty in coming up with like you know um like those punch lines or you know does it come easy for you for the most part it comes easy for me man the only i would say the only difficulty i have is um having to condense it a little bit because, you know, you got to make sure it reads quick. Plus you got this really small space yeah. when uploading to, you know, Facebook. I don't want you to have to scroll through it or, you know, there'll be a continuation of it. Mm. So, but for the most part, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy for me, man. Um, I've all, when I tend to think of my strips, I'm thinking in animation form. Mm. Like I'm not really thinking in comic form. I'm thinking like, how, do, how would this play out if I saw this, you know, actually moving. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so, and you 
have to kind of think about how to play it out and what's what would be funny mm-hmm. and get it to his bare bones. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Like to me, it just plays out like a movie and I have to present it like a movie. And there's certain things I know I need to leave out. Um, I have to set it up properly so you get the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing is I don't like explaining anything because there are certain parts in there that you might have to explain to people. Yeah. But I feel that the funniest things are when you don't have to explain a joke to someone. Yeah, and that's kind of what I mean. You know what I'm saying? Like when you read nearly every strip, I think there's some things that are kind of like in the the, the, the current pop consciousness in the zeitgeist where it's like it reads immediately you know like the the, the funniest shit man was that swole man <laughs> on maury that is my shit yo. <laughs> because everyone because again everyone knows what goes down on on the maury show that's what his show has become so yeah. you know the setup is instant and then you know, just with the, the the baby mama's drama, and then the punchline of the swole ass baby, it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> man, I still crack up on that shit. <laughs> oh man, yeah, but, man, that baby was swole. See <laughs> bottle on the side. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but but it's interesting that that you put it in those terms. Um, in regards to the way you approach the storytelling, because, you know, I think animators, when they come to do comics, you know, it's something about that animation influence of getting things to their bare bones, like you just said. Um, now, I, I know that you got a position um, working in animation, like you mentioned at the top, you know, working on Axe, Axe Cop and so forth. Um how has that kind of like, you know, influenced you in terms of how you approach um, True League or even in how you approach, you know, making the art itself or anything? Uh, well, I'll say it really hasn't influenced um, what I'm doing with True League currently, mm-hmm. but it is giving me insight into the workings of the industry and how the process goes because... My ultimate goal is to turn this into a cartoon series. So, you know, I'm like seriously over here, like plotting. Like, okay, so, you know, now I understand like, you know, okay, you have this line of, you know, artists who takes care of this. You know, you have this line of artists who takes care of this and Mm -hmm. all that stuff like that. So I wouldn't say it's affected what I'm doing with Truly right now. But it is letting me giving me some insight to, you know, the next steps I need to take as far as when I'm ready to present this as a pitch to a, a network for a series. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing, like, you know, as, as kids, a lot of us, you know, um, you know, creative types, you know, we want to see like, you know, our creations as, you know, animation or hell, even films, you know, and, mm-hmm. I think often we don't take into consideration, you know, the, all the moving parts, you know, that it, especially how collaborative it is. Yeah. And, and speaking of animation, I did want to ask in terms of people have definitely made comparisons, you know, um, as far as like, you know, truly kind of being like the next um, boondocks or black <laughs> dynamite, just in terms of like, you know, 
black animation, for lack of a better term, and plus the quality of of the writing and the um and the artwork, like it just works, you know, and and the um satirical side of it, you know, whereas Boondocks is real sharp with that, you know, I can definitely see elements of that in um Trill. Um, how have you taken those comparisons um, to heart, if at all? Uh, yeah, man, I definitely have. Um, mm. And I'm honored by them as well. Yeah. I was influenced by the Boondocks heavily. Because um, Boondocks came out around the time I was in college, man. Yep. And that series just, it did something to me because it showed me... Um, it showed me what a quality product with black characters was, mm-hmm. you know, and that it could, um, it could, you know, even though it was talking about like hood stuff a little bit and like, you know, black social and political issues and making fun of, you know, different types of people in our community and stuff like that. Yeah. It was still something that was loved by the masses. It wasn't just us, man. It was, you know, people across all sorts of cultures who liked it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo, you know, this is possible. You know, we can create something with, you know, just characters of our own skin tone and it could be loved by everybody. Yeah. You know, and it just, and it also combined, you know, like, like, you know, social issues with, you know, action and, you know, comedy. So, you know, yeah, man, Boondocks definitely did something for me, man, as far as the series. I think it definitely made me want to turn up to another level as far as wanting to get into animation and produce my own material. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, with, with Magruder, Aaron Magruder, I mean, he really was like, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, he was really the first young black cartoonist to really make those steps in terms of going from, you know, the strip to this fully realized animation that was on for multiple seasons before it was truncated, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and I really think he did open the doors for that, obviously, you know, and... You know, when you think about it, unfortunately, not a lot of, you know, um, um, people have kind of followed him through that door. I I don't know if it was, you know, him maybe um, with the boondocks getting the attention it received, like in the latter seasons of being kind of subversive or whatnot. If uh, maybe people felt like, you know, well, maybe we should be safe, you know, in terms of presenting, you know, our certain visions and whatnot, but you know, you, you need that element of, you know, I don't want to say danger, but you, you know what I mean? Like you have to have that element of like, um, um, surprise almost, you know, to catch people, you know, to bring them in and the quality of the product will keep them, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, Boondocks was a testament to what that brother, you know, thought about, you know what I'm saying? That was his creative energy and, you know, what he saw about the world. I think every creator brings that to whatever it is they get behind that. So with series like the Boondocks and Black Dynamite, Mm -hmm. you know, those were, they tackle, you know, controversial subjects. Yeah. You know, and also, you know, made fun of a lot of stuff and, you know, Mm -hmm. and still had action, man. So it's kind of like, you know, this perfect blend. 
yeah uh, stuff you know um and i like i said i'm just honored by the fact that people really consider truly to be the next step in that and i feel it's, it's perfect timing as well mm-hmm. um just because you know right now we're in this big superhero craze oh yeah yeah you know huge man huge right now so it's a good time to be a comic geek <laughs> it's like how many television shows movies uh cartoons you know that are coming out that deal with material from comic books man it's, it's crazy it is it is absolutely man yeah. And, you know, I was mentioning just a minute ago about, you know, opening doors and, you know, that's something that you've kind of done with Trill League in terms of, you know, just the response of, you know, other artists and fans, you know, contributing their own original fan art, you know, to to the league and even in some cases helping to create brand new characters. So that that, that's got to be, you know, really exciting as well. I mean, did you. Did you think that that would garner that type of response that people off the bat, you know, would want to draw these brand new characters, you know what I'm saying, and send you fan art of it, you know? Nah, man. <laughs> In all honesty, it, that caught me by surprise. Uh, yeah, man, when you got people, you know, these talented artists taking time out of their schedule mm-hmm. to sit here and draw you know your character man that's insane yeah and i was just in that was like a huge honor man it, it's still taking me by surprise like this whole thing wow Be, um and it's funny that you say that because one of the guys who drew a picture who created supernatural <laughs> um you know when i shared his picture man uh that character got a lot of love yeah yeah, a lot, a lot of love, and actually, the guy who presented, who helped me get my job at ADHD, helped him get a job with the studio after I shared that picture because you know he was following my page, and I guess he, you know, he asked me, he's like, "Yo, is this one of your homies?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "You know, I'm like, nah, you know, I don't, I don't know him, you know, what I'm saying like I follow him, but I don't know him personally." Right. He's like, he's like, oh man, he's like, he dope, man, you know, I'm gonna see if you want a job. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, you know, he ended up working for the studio. Um, so, so yeah, man. So it's, it's crazy. It definitely has opened doors mm-hmm. for not only myself and others, man. And I'm hoping I can continue that trend because that's always been one of my goals is um, before the Trill League thing even kicked off is I wanted to start a studio. Mm-hmm for other creatives, man, because I just know how difficult it is to, to be an artist. Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, when you work in a regular nine to five, man, and you are, and you are like a true creative entity, man, mm-hmm. it can kill you on the inside, like not being able to do your art and not being able to create and having a, you know, wait until you get off at seven o'clock. And then you got this little two, three hour window where, you know, you can do your thing before you got to repeat. So I wanted to be able to create um, venues, man, for just artists to be able to do so, man. And I, you know, I I got a game plan down, but. 
yeah. That's, that's, that's all another subject, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, you, you you're totally singing my song. You talking about that nine to five, man? I mean, I was there today. You know, as I am every day, just seething, man. Just like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's just, you know, sketchbook right there. I'll go out, you know, on my lunch break and work on pages out in my car. You know, that that whole type of deal, you know. And, and it's definitely one of those things where it's always important to remember as, you know, we ascend, you know, in our paths of success to kind of like, you know, th- Throw the throw the rope back so, you know, other people can kind of, you know, climb up there too. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Um, I, that's why I stay trying to post uh, positive messages, man. And yeah. I tend to be a little tough about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I tend to get to the nitty-gritty. I don't try to paint, like, this pretty picture of what the path is going to be like. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes people need that, man, because I needed it for myself. Like, I, people were telling me all the time, like, yo, you know, oh, man, you got talent. You got talent. You know, you're going to be something. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes people think it's going to be easy, and it's a it's a lot of competition out there, and you have to prove your worth, man, and you're gonna have to work for it. You know, mm-hmm. you have to. Put, some people get a lucky break, you know what I'm saying? But most of the time, that's just being prepared for when that opportunity comes to you. Yeah. So so yeah, man. I try to you know push you know a lot of creatives, man, especially a lot of young brothers, uh, mm-hmm. to just, you know, stay working and and be smart about it too, man. You know, it's like have a strategy behind uh your game plan, man. Don't just think that Yeah, sometimes just drawing pictures, you know what I'm saying, can get you somewhere, but you know, have a focus. Mm-hmm. And think about how you're going to get there. Think about what it is you really want to do with your career so you can set things up. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I think a lot of people have trouble kind of adjusting or realizing that the paradigm is really shifted because, you know, you hear you probably hear people all the time saying, I know I do. Oh, man. Well, you know, I'm going to get these samples up for, you know, Marvel and DC and, you know, it's going to go like this. I'm going to do this. And it's just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you, You stick into that old script. You don't realize we have this thing called the internet now and you can post your own shit and yeah. people can follow you, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I just think, um, yeah, a lot of artists, man, you just, the internet has opened so many doors for creatives, man, as far as what it is you want to do. And no longer is it we're in that era where you have to work for a big studio? You can do your own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of independent artists out there, you know, just doing their own art and, you know, able to, you know, put food on the table, man, with it. It's not easy. Right. You know, but, you know, man, just, you know, I'm rooting for a lot of people out there, man. It's just like, you know, when, you, when you're when you an artist, man, and you just want to create. Mm-hmm. Just going to that nine to five will just kill you. Cause I used to change. I used to be an assistant manager at a quick loop. Yeah. So, and I was working like 55, 60 hours a week, six days a week, bro. So mm-hmm. it was difficult for me to create. Plus I couldn't, you know, sketch on the side or anything like that because I had oil all over my hands, man. So, you know, the sketchbook <laughs> right. would be all jacked up. And <laughs> so yeah, man. So I just had to, you know, stay up late nights and, just grind grind it out 
Yeah, yeah. Again, you singing my song, man. That's that's why I'm up here, you know, after midnight. You know what I'm saying? If I wasn't talking with you right now, I'd be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, exactly. Well, I, I appreciate, man, you know, us being able to conduct this conversation. I didn't know it was midnight where you was at, though. Oh, no. Nah. Yeah, I was trying to be considerate <laughs> to you, man. <laughs> That's why I was like, 9 o'clock, your time. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's all good. It's all good. Hey, yo, um, before I let you go, man, I had a couple more questions for you. Um, one, um, your method of working in terms of, you know, um, Trill League or, or just in general, are, are you a, um, a traditional, you know, guy or have you gone more digital or do you use kind of like a mixture of both? I'm definitely 100% digital now. Okay. Used to be traditional, man, but the convenience of digital has just been my thing now. So once I got a Cintiq, man, I was like, yo, I'm not going back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going back. Like I can do everything that I want to do. I can try out different techniques, uh, different inking styles, man. So don't get me wrong. Traditional is still, it still has its place, man. And like, I wish I could get back into it. Mm-hmm. But just the inconvenience of having to sit there and, you know, s- sketch out and erase and, you know, scan in and all this stuff and clean up your lines. I'm like, nah, forget that. Man. No. <laughs> a lot lot more productive uh, with just straight digital work now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and, and I wonder if that's something that came, you know, as a result. Um, you know, of you going into animation, was was that something that you kind of picked up on once you got into animation to see how it how streamlined it made, you know, the um artistic process or were you doing that beforehand? Uh yeah, I was doing it beforehand, man. Okay. I first started testing out digital when I went one hundred percent digital when I was working on the Blaze Brothers series for IDW. Okay. Um because they were they really wanted me to utilize a style that I wasn't good at. Mm-hmm. So it was causing me a lot of issues. So I was having to constantly erase and try stuff over, you know what I'm saying? And I was very cartoony mm-hmm. and they really wanted more correct anatomical proportions with their characters, like, you know, sort of realistic. Yeah. So, I was having to use Photoshop a lot. Like I was having to like scale stuff and, you know, make sure like my eyes weren't too big. Cause I, I came from an anime background. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's when I started transitioning over into all digital yeah. around that time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of people are making it jump, you know, hell I'm trying to make it myself. You know what I mean? And you know, it, it can be tough, you know, to kind of let go of that traditional, you know, cause it's like, you know, if if I try to do something in Photoshop, I can, yeah, you know, kind of kind of get there. But you put a piece of Bristol in front of me with some ink <laughs> and some pencils, it's on. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. They both had a place, though. You know, uh, I'm a sucker for a good traditionally drawn work. You know, like yeah. Joe Mad. Mm-hmm. Love his stuff. Love his pencils, man. Love the energy behind his pencils, man. I even love it when you know you can see like his gesture work behind yeah you know what i'm saying his line art so yeah man it, it has its place it just depends on what you're going for but uh digital is definitely a medium uh if you're trying to get into production man definitely something that needs to be learned mm. 
because mm-hmm. uh, animation, I know this is kind of staring off subject, but there was a guy who was getting ready to work for our studio. Yeah. And he had got hired shortly after I had got hired. And he was straight traditional. And they had to let him go because they were like, yo, we need you to be, you know, digital. We can't, we're not doing, you know, hand-drawn stuff here. Wow. So was yeah. it was it just a matter of he, he couldn't uh, adjust? Like once he got, you know, in front of a Cintiq and, you know, they mandated, hey, you got to do it digital. He, he, he just couldn't adjust? I don't think he, I don't think he probably had the equipment. To oh, do I so. see. Gotcha. So, yeah. So it's just, it's so much easier for them to have digitally drawn work mm-hmm. because then they can import it into flash and do what they need to do, man. You know, it's easier for us to go in if we need to revise something like, you know, the hand is drawn wrong. It's easier to, you know, erase the digital line than it is to, you know, go in and try to clean up, uh, you know, do a scan and clean that up. So, mm, mm, true, true, true. So yeah, man. So if any of your listeners are trying to get into animation, yes, learn digital, learn Photoshop, <laughs> uh, manga studio, storyboard, flash, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Learn how to draw on a computer screen. Mm, there you go. I need to take heed my damn self. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yo, before I let you go, Ant, uh, where can people find you? Um, I know you have the um, Kickstarter still going on right now. Um, it's still um, in the funding process until looks like about April 23rd. So you guys still have plenty of time to help contribute and get your copy, your digital or your print copy or whatever level that you contribute to. Um, but do you have another site aside from on Facebook at all where people can find you? Uh, for the most part, man, I'm mostly active on Facebook. Mm-hmm. There's also my professional website, which is just my name, anthonypiper.com. Okay. Uh, which you can find samples of my, you know, cover work or logo work that I've done. I am currently working on a Trill League website, mm-hmm. which probably won't be up till maybe like midsummer. Mm-hmm. but other than that man yeah if you want to get at me or you know have any questions as far as anything man not even just truly but you know if you need any questions about you know techniques in photoshop or any questions about the industry or stuff like that man i'm happy to help so just you know get at me on facebook definitely awesome man a man of the people yo (laughs) excellent well yo man that's all i got for you i definitely appreciate you um taking time out your evening to talk with me and thank you brother that concludes this episode of artist proof with adrian johnson any feedback or comments are always appreciated you can email the show at artistproofpodcast at gmail.com. Artist Proof with Adrian Johnson is a production of Inazuma Studios, LLC. Copyright 2015.